0: I'm also pretty bootless. I don't have like my email notification. They don't bing or anything. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
1: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast. All about productivity, organization, well-being, energy and resilience. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today just interviewing Sue Heddo of Rethink Productivity. Sue was introduced to us by her husband and business partner Simon from show number 163. Sue is a retail and productivity professional with broad experience encompassing regional management, customer experience program leadership, operational productivity improvement and store salary budgeting. She is passionate about helping brands and teams bring continuous improvement to their operation and customers' experiences. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Sue Heddo of Rethink Productivity. I nearly tripped over the, the words there. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome, Sue. Thanks for joining me.
0: Hi, Joe. Thanks and for asking it- me on.
1: And you are the other half of one of my previous guests. So uh, I, I think I said when I interviewed Simon that uh, I don't. Um, uh, I think I've had one, no, yeah, one couple come on together, um, and I don't think I've interviewed two people who are a couple or and all work together yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> So this will be interesting to get the other side of the story.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So uh, start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and where you do it.
0: So Sue, I'm one of the founders of Rethink Productivity. Um, we're based in Shrewsbury, nice part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done lots of things in you know my my work career, and the two things that have been constants through that really have been productivity and customer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually started out as a pharmacist, so I'm a qualified pharmacist, and then worked for Boots for a long time, so did the usual thing of working through stores and area manager, became regional manager. I also did lots of different jobs in head office, so although I was there 24 a bit years, I actually didn't do the same thing for more than about 18 months at a time, really. Um, so worked in all the different functions and did lots of different jobs from finance to, to uh, in the beauty, looking after their own brand, cosmetics, say regional management, all sorts of different things. So it was a, a great experience. And um, I then went to work for a customer experience company uh, in Moment. So I was working for them when we first started the business and eventually reached a point of thinking, you know, we were getting busier with our own business And kind of it seemed better to be building our own business than building somebody else's business. So at that stage, which was about 18 months ago now, moved over so that both Simon and I are are full time within Rethink. And we expanded our our team as well. So we we were able to take on more people as well because we've got the capacity to do it. So um, it was kind of that mix of customer experience and productivity come together. So for me, productivity is not slash and burn type, you know, cost cutting. It's about how we help clients make sure they've got really healthy businesses that are viable, that are growing. Because you have to look after your cost base if you're going to have a a viable business. And actually to give them the capacity to to grow and take on new opportunities. So you have to know where you've got capacity so you can then know what what else you can take on. So that's the the sort of thing that we do. And that's how I got here.
1: Lovely. And I remember... uh... Simon and I had a lengthy conversation about uh, how wonderful retail is, as that's my background too. Yes. And 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 you sort of made a point that I I've often made in the past is about the fact that a lot of people in big retail companies work there for a long time, um, and people sort of think that's unusual uh, in you know compared to some careers. But as you have pointed out, there's so many different aspects in a in a large retail organization that really you can spend your whole career there and and as you say not do the same job for very long each time or at least be in the same place because obviously as you move stores as well that adds variety
0: too. That's true yeah I I didn't manage to get into the HR or people teams but I think I worked in every other function and worked in different parts of the country and all over the place as well so
1: yeah 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 yeah. so for you how has that transition been going from working for a, a large company via what sounds like a sort of smaller company to now your own company what, what did you imagine that's what you would do and and how does it feel having done it
0: <laughs> um well it's strange really because when i was like little my um, career ambitions were either to work in a shoe shop or be a cafe lady. So if you'd asked me that when I was five or six, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So that's kind of that mix of retail and probably having your own business, which is ultimately, when you look at my overall career, what I ended up doing. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have necessarily thought that I would have my own business. And it was kind of more Simon's drive uh, to do something than mine. And actually, I really enjoy it. And it's felt like a natural progression. And in some ways you know, even through my years at Boots, I've always kind of tried to make the decisions that I thought were right for the business anyway. And fortunately working at Boots, that always aligned what I thought was the right direction was where Boots were going as well. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate that I never, I didn't ever feel particularly constrained by the fact I was in a big organization and I always knew lots of people and, you know, how to get things done and all that sort of thing. So a lot of those skills are kind of just the same. It's just the context is different. Mm. I think it did help going and working for another business. So I was there for a few years and was home-based. So that was good. I've made that transition to being home-based. Um, there was a, an office that I went to once a week, but generally I was based at home, but it meant in reality, I was out and about with clients and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that was good because it was a much smaller company. Um, there was only like 30 of us in the UK. So that was, you know, compared to being in a mammoth business like Boots, um, that, was, that was different. So actually, it felt quite easy, really, then moving into doing stuff for ourselves at home.
1: Mm-hmm. And you were working, I, I think I remember, a bit with Simon already whilst doing your, your other job. So I guess yeah. it was quite challenging, probably, to begin with, trying to sort of juggle everything.
0: Yes, as we got busier then um, trying to fit everything in became more of a challenge and I went down from doing five days at my other job to doing four um, so that freed up a bit of time Mm. Uh, but yeah it did reach that point about right which business I'm really going to focus on and grow so that was just when it seemed a, a logical point to move really.
1: Mm-hmm. so I remember talking to Simon a bit about you know what's it like working with your spouse <laughs> and uh, we talked a bit about uh, you know whether you work in the same office or not and that sort of thing how how has that worked from your point of view I said in fact we were just laughing before we came on that I think it was a bit where uh, Simon and I said oh so, Sue won't hear it anyway <laughs> and I think he was complimenting you on uh, on bringing some structure to some of the work that he was doing if I remember rightly or it's something positive yes. anyway um Uh, And uh, yeah, because I I remember now. he he said, you know, at times you were sort of disagreeing with him and, and he was finding it hard to sort of hand over some of that responsibility. And he acknowledged, acknowledges that now. It sounds like it was probably quite challenging at the time. How did it work for you? Because you were coming into an existing business, having sort of dabbled. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, because you were doing something else as well. And then you came in full time. How did that transition go for you?
0: I guess i it was easier for me because i hadn't got a territory that was previously mine that i was having to share yeah so it was probably easier from that point of view and i think one of the challenges was to start with it's kind of finding your feet as to what what you both do so yeah. that was the that was the bigger challenge and it, almost to start off with we were both doing a bit of everything and then we decided that um we had a conversation with um a guy that does strategy and now helps smaller businesses. So Stuart Cross at Morgan Cross Consulting. Um, and although he usually works with big organisations, he's started um, a scheme where he'll work with smaller organisations if you support his CSR agenda, which is to sponsor a sports aid um, athlete. So sports aid is the um, charity that supports athletes that are sort of 15, 16 younger athletes that are trying to get to the Olympics or they're very good prospects in their sports. So aid find all these people that are looking for extra help and kind of it's a thousand pounds to sponsor them. So for we actually sponsored two and kind of had some really good quality time from Stuart. Mm-hmm. And having sitting down and looking at our strategy and everything that we kind of could be doing, we identified as some black holes really in things that we weren't doing as much of in terms of marketing and perhaps developing leads as things as we could be mm. not that we were doing badly it's just as your business grows you need to take on different things and you get to different stages and have to do extra stuff yeah so there were some gaps that we missed and then it was really helpful talking to Stuart about he was talking about well which bits did we both enjoy and there were certain bits that Simon didn't like and then really enjoyed and fortunately the things that we liked and disliked were well matched that meant we could say well actually it looks sensible that you split the business this way so i do more of the delivery piece and simon does more of the the business development and Mm. it's not as black and white as that because there's always crossovers and things but actually that really helped because it gave us each our own territory if you like to Mm. get our teeth into and and Mm. manage so that was a really useful session for us and that was probably about six months in
1: yes yeah 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 that's interesting i mean um i don't know all the theories of um of uh marital attraction and whether um we always do go for people who are different to ourselves but <laughs> it would be helpful if that was the case and then working together <laughs> you could split it and everyone would be happy yes <laughs> certainly it works <laughs> from your point of view
0: <laughs> so I think the, the yeah. biggest challenge actually is the fact that kind of when you're both working together it's so easy to say well actually we need to get some time together well we'll just put it in on Sunday afternoon because it's quite a time so instead of having that you know chill time then perhaps we'll say well we'll just slot that in or it's so easy to like have those conversations outside of office hours if you like yeah so that's I think that's the challenge is how do you stop it and I think that must be a challenge for lots of people that are home-based it's kind of how do you keep that discipline of when's work and when's not because it can always become one
1: Yeah, exactly. And as you say, you know, for an individual working uh, from home with their own business, it can sort of, you know, scope creep, if you like, you you know, you can end up working a bit later or popping into the office to um, carry on working or whatever. But I guess when you've got a spouse who's not involved, sometimes you'll probably get shut down (laughs) when you're trying to bore them with detail (laughs) that they're not interested in. Um, But as you say, when you've both got a vested interest in it, it's much more likely that you'll forget to stop talking about it. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yes.
1: So, so what do your days look like? How do you uh, work with your clients? How do you get done what you need to get done?
0: Well, when we're working with clients, there's a mix of doing things on site. And obviously, since we've had lockdown, a lot more people are more amenable to um, using you know, Zoom or whatever it is, Google, yeah. Teams and that sort of thing which is helpful for some of the time. I think there's no there's no replacing really some face to face contact with people particularly when you're trying to establish those relationships. I think it can really help for people to meet you and to spend time with them and I find it really helpful to get an understanding of what's important to the client so that then when we're tailoring the work for them we can you know we're making sure that we're hitting the things perhaps to get to the unspoken things you have to spend time I think with people yeah so you know we do spend time when we're out scoping projects and that sort of thing we we'll like them to walk them through the operations so we get to see what they're doing so that's that's always useful but actually there's often catch-ups or interim reporting or interim updates on things that we've found that actually you can do fairly quickly there might just be a quick half an hour zoom call whereas otherwise you might have traveled two or three hours for a one-hour meeting that didn't need to be that long really yeah. so I think that's that's a benefit um, so and it, it just varies what's what's happening we do such a mix of projects so some can be relatively short and um, some will last weeks and weeks and we'll have a you know a different time with that so and I think the challenge comes when you when we've got multiple projects live which is the usual situation and it's just making sure that between project setup project being live and then actually the reporting back bit that there's you know I've got my time mapped out so that I know that I've got time to do all of them and do them well yeah so I think that's it's kind of it's not so much on my day looks like I have to get that macro planning right and then everything else has to fall around that so there's always the bits that you just wedge in yeah I remember when i was at, at boots it was great in that they, we went on lots of leadership courses and various management things and all that over the time and i remember they were talking about time management and it's that it's that classic example which has always stayed with me but that if you want to fill a you know if you fill a bell jar with <coughs> excuse me <coughs> if you fill a bell jar with ro- with rocks it looks like it's full but then you put the smaller rocks in and then the sand and then the water. And that's how you fill your time up.
1: Mm. So I think
0: I, I kind of did take on that thing about what's the big stuff that I have to do and how do I carve out time for that? Yes. Yeah. So the things like, you know, to me it's really important the quality of the insights that we generate for our clients. And it's one of the bits that I really enjoy. And you have to pull together data from different sources and I pull on my retail experience and practical experience of how businesses run so when you're pulling all that together, you just need time to sort of submerge yourself into it and then see what are the big topics that come out. Yeah. There isn't a way to shortcut it and you can't do it by 10 minutes here and there. You know, I have to put in the chunk of time mm. and submerge myself. And then everything else just fits around it really, including walking the dog and the chores and all the rest. Yeah. Of so in this this. Day and age of firstly
1: many of us working from home and as you say using online tools for meetings which I'm finding is filling my diary rather than um, the opposite um, and the whole thing about uh, sort of digital I don't know clutter notifications and, and availability and everything else how do you how do you carve out that time for those deep dives into that work because it's you know lots of us are, are are unable to seemingly focus past quite a short space of time without having to check our phone or go and do something different. It sounds like you absorb yourself into something. Is that something you do naturally, or have you created some sort of strategies to enable you to do that?
0: I think it's to a degree it's kind of the way I like to work. The other thing is I'm really conscious of when's my best time to do that. So I know my brain's best first thing in the morning. So if I've got something important that I've got to think about, then I'll kind of get up early, walk the dog, then I'll sit down. It, the downside of that is if somebody comes at 10 o'clock, I might still be in my dressing gown. And I do feel the need to say, I have been at my desk since seven. I, this is me, you know, halfway through my day. It's just I've not managed to fit in my shower yet. And that's where I'm headed. Yeah. So it's kind of that flexibility of being at home. That is one of the joys of it because you can't do that in an office, can you? You know, you you're stuck more with those times. Yes. Yeah think using that time when I know I'm at my best and then having a break and then going and doing something else um and I quite like doing the adminy bits because that gives my brain a bit of a switch to something else and then I can go back to back to it again uh later once I've kind of come up a bit yeah I always find with the big projects that's quite useful because I kind of need to get into it and then let my you know subconscious work a bit on it and the things that stick are the things that are important then and and it pulls out the things that are niggling that you know there's something there so i like to let my mind percolate on it while i'm doing other things and then come back to it
1: mm, so, no, that's really
0: that's really uh interesting
1: and as you say uh, two two big things there i think firstly finding the right um time in your energy uh cycle and uh, as you say allowing that to percolation of ideas it's something that I'm really keen on I I used to I used to sort of um, get annoyed with myself that I hadn't just sort of done something taken action quickly on something and that I yeah. seen spending like days on it <laughs> and now I realize that often it's because of exactly that that I'm waiting I'm pondering and, and seeing what else comes up and whether it feels right and, and all that sort of thing and yeah. I think it's all in the positioning to yourself as to whether you're sort of I, I call it productive procrastination sometimes because it feels yeah. like it's procrastinating
0: but actually <laughs> it's creating something <laughs> better at the end of it <laughs> well, there have been times when I've been I remember when I was at Boots there'd be times when there'd be kind of you were trying to find the way through things and there'd be lots of different factors to take into account and I'd kind of think about it and they oh, not better anyway and actually then going for a run and at the end of the run I'd think right oh, I know the answer and yeah. it, it kind of it you know it's back to you said it's that procrastination but it's it's active procrastination so it you know the answer came out once I'd I'd given it freed up my brain I think to think about it properly without me getting in the way
1: yes yeah and I think it's even more important when we're working from home to sort of be aware of that because uh we perhaps I don't know if we commute to the office we might have a, a period of time where we can um uh you know, think about it on the journey and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah. we're not going anywhere, we've got to sort of make those times. I mean, you've obviously got the dog walk. I would, I would imagine that's quite yes. a productive time. Um, yes, it is. But if you don't have those moments naturally, you have to sort of find them,
0: don't you? Yes. I'm also pretty, ruthless. I don't have, like, my email notification. They don't bing or anything. Um, yeah. I'm the same with my phone. My phone's on silent and it can, it'll buzz and I just ignore it because I've kind of... I'll have times when I look at it, and then times when I'm, if I'm concentrating, I kind of won't even notice it. But it's buzzed sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, how do you uh, manage your tasks? How do you have a to-do list? Do you use tools? Is it pen and paper, as is the case with most of my
0: guests? <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a list person, and I find lists really useful because I think it k- gets it out of my head. So once it's on a list, I can forget about it. See mm. what I mean? It frees up frees up brain space. I think. Yeah. So I've always been a big list person. However, I've found a new tool that I'm increasingly using, which is Hayspace, which is a sort of project management collaborative tool. And we started using it for our projects. So, well, you know, for the setup, because it can be used by our team and the project managers and everybody can see what's in it. Yeah. But actually I found that I like it so much that I've now started for my tasks. I write quite a lot of articles, so I log all those in there. Um, so I've been doing it for long-term things to keep a track on it. But then I've also started it for one or two short-term things. It kind of lets you set up a list of tasks. So it'll have, you know, it's got a stream of different activities that you can then put a task in. It lets you mark them off when it's done. You put in dates. So then I always tie that back. So when I do my planning, I then put things in my calendar. So I know if I know I've got to do whatever it is a certain time by a certain date, i book a chunk of time in the calendar and colour it a different colour. So mm. I know that that's a big chunk of work that I've got to do and that's when it needs to be done by. Yeah. I yeah. find Hayspace really good. You can pay. There's a complicated one you can pay for. I just use the free one and, <laughs> and uh, find it really helpful.
1: Yes, yeah. Oh, that's good. And um, I hadn't he- heard of that before, though. I-, I presume Simon probably mentioned it, so maybe I have heard it before and <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not remembering. Um, so lovely. And any,
0: any other technology... Tools or apps that you use? The other one that I found made a big difference to me is QuickBooks, and I hated it to start with with a passion (laughs) because, like a lot of businesses, we were kind of forced to move over to uh, an electronic way of doing it. And it felt like it was designed for accountants. But now I've got into the swing of it. Compared to the process that we used to use for our month end and then that returns, they used to take forever. You know, it used to be like half a day, whereas this I do the month end in less than ten minutes now. Wow. So it's, you know, really big change.
1: Yeah.
0: So I went, it was a painful learning curve and I watched lots of YouTube videos and help topics and even phoned them up a couple of times and the support is pretty good. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it saved me a lot of time.
1: And that's a, a really key point, isn't it? How often there's stuff that can help us to do things quicker, better, faster, whatever. And But we have to, um, you know, invest the time up front for that to be, the end result and and often we don't it's a bit like outsourcing I talk often about how how um you know how much time that frees up and how much that is a real benefit with an organization but for the first bit when you have to do it and I mean I'm just doing it at the moment I'm procrastinating massively on my networking group I have this um stuff that I need to be done and I'm going to outsource it to my VA and it's taken me two weeks and I've still not done it because I've got to <laughs> record a video showing her what I need her to do and creating the process and everything else. I know once I've done it it'll just run like clockwork and I won't need to worry about it or think about it. But it's yeah. just that initial thing, as you say, that uh is difficult. And then afterwards you think, oh, why didn't I do it sooner?
0: <laughs> yes. We're just going through a similar thing at the moment. We're setting up on HubSpot. So we've got an email yeah. database, which is kind of one of the things that we realised that we hadn't you haven't done very much so far and actually getting used to that is hard work, but mm-hmm. we have taken, um, the advice of somebody. So we've put something on Upworks to find out, find an expert that could really help us through setting it up. So that was partly based on the QuickBooks experience where I, I muddled through. Yeah, actually, It must be a way to get us through this quicker and there might be things that we'd learn and work out how to do ourselves whereas actually there's some shortcuts and some tips and things that if we can learn from somebody else and accelerate what we do then then that's got to be better so we've learned a bit from the QuickBooks pain when we're we're doing this next one.
1: Yes, yeah it's interesting isn't it how often we go do go through that pain I'm just reflecting on uh, one of the members of my um, Power to Live More Calm membership who has access to me to help help her with stuff and um, I remember her asking recently about something and she told me she'd spent all morning trying to do this one thing and I can't even remember what it was now but it was something that I literally did in five minutes and explained you know this is how you do it for next time sort of thing and and, you know it was like why didn't you just ask (laughs) we have this sort of thing in our head where we think I'm not going to be beaten by this there must be a way I'm not stupid I can work it out and then three hours have gone by (laughs) yes <laughs> Which, when uh, in her case, you have somebody you know that you're paying to help you, is uh, <laughs> even more. Yes. Sunny, isn't it?
0: <laughs> and I think it's one of the challenges when you are kind of a smaller business consultancy working from home, because you're having to do everything. Yeah. Because you know, when I worked at Boots, I was doing this bit and those. You know, I didn't have to look at invoices; somebody else did that. Whereas yeah. now I do have to look at them and do have to sort it all out. Yeah. So, you know, you do have to learn a lot of skills, and you're suddenly trying to be everybody. And there's a bit of a challenge where you think, well, I have to really understand this and know it myself. I think one of the things we found is there's so many little jobs that because of the sort of gig economy and things like Upworks where you can just put on a job and say, right, we need some one-off help with this. Yeah. And actually it's relatively low cost. And the amount of time that you would spend trying to do it and not do such a good job, you know, it it really makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. We've taken, we're working with a local um, sort of visual uh, Mm -hmm. um visualization agencies they do design work and that sort of thing for us and it's so much better than i could do you know and it's it's quick so that really helps i think it takes you a bit of a while to get confident with what you're doing before you're then able to say to somebody else that i need some help with this yeah
1: yeah and it's that that whole thing about um investing some money to save you time or or to get a better quality end result that i think is quite hard for especially people new into business when, when money is even more sort of uh, yeah. important, you know, in terms of not spending too much sort of thing. It's yes. it's getting into the mindset of actually working out the, the, the value and the benefit of spending that, that money and the fact that, you know, often it's really worth doing that rather than sort of scrimping and saving and, and doing, you know, your own job sort of thing that takes you five times as long and you could have been going out, finding a new customer instead.
0: Sort of. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. yes you are it's when it's your money it's it, it's definitely your money isn't it when it's your business it's it feels yeah. like a different decision whereas actually if i put myself in boots world it's like is it worth me doing that absolutely not it needs to be somebody else <laughs> yes um, yeah, when it's yeah, your yeah. cash it's kind of it can become a different discussion it?
1: yes exactly so what about um keeping yourself full of energy for for running your business you've you've talked about dog walking i'm guessing that's one of your uh <laughs> strategies what that's other nice. sorts of things do you ensure that you do to to keep yourself able to run the business successfully
0: well i do other exercise as well so i try and fit in something most days in addition to the walk and i, I just feel so much better when i've done some exercise it's kind of um you know whether it's managing stress i don't particularly ever feel stress, but it's that sort of thing it's kind of it just really helps me just focus on something else and you know get my body moving rather than just sitting in my chair at my desk all day Mm. Um, and then recently I read Mackie Walker's book Why We Sleep which yep. I see lots in train stations and stuff and then Simon bought it and I got around to reading it and that's really made me focus much more on how much sleep I get I'm an early waker and it's kind of quite tempting to kind of stay up a bit later and a bit later and then you find you're squeezing your around of time asleep yes. but you know reading his book about the impact not having sleep and the benefits of having enough sleep really, you know, made me think differently about it. So, sleep is a big one as well.
1: Yes, yeah. I think I've got that book on Kindle awaiting reading along with hundreds of <laughs> other books. Yes. And uh, maybe I should do that because I I know it's important. And but exactly as you say, there there are other things that get in the way, and then it becomes the thing that, that goes out the window. So, uh, maybe I need a bit of extra oomph to it.
0: <laughs> well, and you read what he says about the importance of kind of the impact it has on you if you haven't got enough sleep on all your different body systems it, yeah. I suspect you do, yeah. give it a read and then you'll you'll do more sleep in a bit
1: yes yeah well I mean one of the things that's been interesting for us during uh lockdown is having our 13 year old um pretty much running on her own schedule and she's as much yes. a night bird as I am so like she's Awake at two o'clock in the morning, but then she doesn't get up till probably two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. And uh, you know, I, I know there's lots of uh, stuff about going to sleep before twelve being better for you and everything else. But she really is like me a night bird, and our clocks are a bit weird. Um, but it's really interesting how she's grown so much in five months, and I, yes. I'm sure
0: it's because she's had so much more sleep than she normally would do. Yeah. Well, in the book, he writes about the fact that he thinks the world's designed for larks rather than exactly yeah um, and particularly school and there are some yeah. interesting school te- at school trials where they start started school later and things haven't they yes and the impact yeah. that that's had on learning and, and all the rest of it so. yeah
1: exactly and i mean that's one of the things you know we've felt it's been really positive in lots of ways i mean she's a bit of a well a lot of a procrastinator so we've we've had to bearing in mind she's 13, back off and not keep asking how she's getting on with her schoolwork. <laughs> yes. um, and we've not seen lots of evidence of her doing it. However, she just got um, as good a school report as ever. and It was a very good one. So um, clearly something was happening. Um, yes, that's but, good. But, but yeah, we've always said that school is not, you know, she has to get up at, um, and get on a school bus normally at seven o'clock in the morning. So it's not designed for, for her uh-huh. at all. So it has been a real benefit from her. Yes, and that's
0: actually, That's the middle of the
1: night for her, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the thing is, she can't. And I know, you know, I've been doing lots of um, coaching during lockdown with people in Australia, which means that I have to coach in the morning. And normally I don't schedule anything until the afternoon. And then the morning, you know, is me waking up whenever I want to and, you know, sort of getting organised for, for starting work a bit later but because I'm having to start work earlier I really should be going to bed sooner than the night before yes. and I just physically can't and I know I should <laughs> and I you know I manage it on some occasions but it's just really difficult so I you know I absolutely know her, her challenges because as much as I might say go to bed you're only 13 you know it, yeah. it's you know physically you know your body wants to do something different so uh interesting Oh yes, I'll go away and read that, thank you. Yes. <laughs> the chance of me getting her to read it, slim to none, but uh, we shall be. <laughs> <laughs> so what about uh, learning and improving uh, as, as you sort of go? I mean, uh, again, Simon and I talked about how much we all learnt working in retail because our organisations just invested in everything, didn't they? So we yeah. we got to learn, and as you say, all the different departments you got to work in, you sort of continually learning. How have you ensure that's happening now you're working for yourself
0: one formal way that i do it is because i'm a pharmacist i have to do a certain amount of continuing professional development so there's a really useful framework for pharmacists that you have to follow and you have to say that you've done it you have to submit your evidence on a portal and that sort of thing so Mm. it's a really useful discipline so every year i have to do four cycles of cpd which is kind of learning it can be there are events I can go to there's e-learning there's all sorts of different things you can you can do and use Mm. and it doesn't have to be like particularly about a pharmacy topic it can be about leadership or project management or whatever you want it to be what's relevant to your job so that that discipline that framework of having to submit it I find really useful so I always make sure that I do that Mm -hmm. and then The other two parts of it that they introduced recently that you have to do is um, a reflective account. So it forces you to reflect back on something significant that happened, and it has to be linked to some of the the key behaviours and um, professional standards that they're looking for.
1: So leadership
0: is usually one of them. But to actually think back what you did and what you do differently next time, again, a really useful exercise to have to go through. Mm -hmm. And then the other one's peer discussion. So you have to speak to somebody about... Uh, you know a pharmacy situation or you know your situation related to your professional life and what decisions you've made what what your challenges were what decisions you've made so again it's kind of a mix of reflective it's a bit like a counseling session in a way so that's that's another really useful I get way of thinking about what you do and learning yeah um, you have to write those up and submit them I think the valuable bit is actually the, the reflection time yes I've done it you know at my age I've done quite a lot of different stuff and some of the time it's just a matter of stopping and thinking and realizing what you have learned because it's so easy to just keep going on and on and on and doing the same things or you know finding different things but not really thinking about it and embedding it sort of thing so mm-hmm. I found that a really useful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. discipline
1: yeah. yes yeah I mean we don't always reflect do we on uh on anything <laughs> never mind no. on, our, on our learning yeah
0: Especially when you're busy, it feels like there's always something else to do. Yes, to have to do it means it goes in the diary, and I have to do
1: it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the other day. I've um, invested in a, a couple of things, um, and been lucky enough to be gifted a couple of things that I would really like to to learn. But as you say, it's at the bottom of the to-do list every day because all yes. the you know, the client work or, you know, the the sort of urgent stuff happens and, and, and not that learning. I guess if I was being, uh, um, checked up on, <laughs> on it, yes. I'd sworn I need to do it. Yes. So uh, yeah. I need, that's what I need to, I need to create a, um, a sort of, um, need for it to happen. I mean, one of the things is about Facebook advertising and I'm coaching people that are going to be shortly studying it themselves. So, Clearly, that's going to force me to do it because I need yes. to be one step ahead of them. But some of the other yeah. things are a bit more developmental. So I need to try and think of, of some incentive to, to make those more important during that uh, that time. So. Yes. So, last couple of questions. Firstly, what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those?
0: I try not to have too many of them, which is <laughs> a good plan. So, I mean, that's a bit of a glib answer, but in reality, the, the project planning that we do and then the tracking of projects as we go through. So we're trying to keep an eye on things to say, are they on track all the way through? So try and make sure you catch things. If things are going slightly off track or not quite expected, then taking action then rather than waiting until it's, you know, some huge car crash and Mm -hmm. off the rails. So that really helps. And then I'm not, my approach to sort of worry is that I don't really do worrying. So I've always had the attitude that if I can do something about it, I should do it. So just crack on and get it done. Yeah. And if you can't do anything about it, then don't worry because you can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. Obviously, if it's if it's to do with the client, then we'd always let them know. But I, it, that way of thinking means that I always try and come up with options. So right, this is happening. We don't want that to happen. What can we do? So what mm-hmm. are the options? And usually, in reviewing that, it becomes clear there's one or two of them are great. So either we can then sort it ourselves, or you have a discussion with the client and then put it right that way. So it's it's that sort of approach really and obviously there's frustrations and and that sort of thing whenever you you know things don't quite go to plan but really it's kind of doing what i can and then not worrying about it and the other thing that we're doing is um working with our teams to get them doing more project management as well so again that's just a different way of thinking about it because you don't you have to think about things as like teaching opportunities if you like So it's much more an opportunity to learn if things haven't gone smoothly A to B, but actually you've had a few minor diversions along the way, you know, it really helps them learn as well. So I try and be positive about the things that come along as well. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you said at the beginning it was glib saying, try not to have them happen too often. I I think we should all be striving for those (laughs) those days, definitely. Mm. (laughs) And what about those days where you uh, get to live more? And that's where I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do they look like
0: for you? Again, I think it's easy to think about holidays and sitting on a beach or whatever it is that you can like to do. Actually, I genuinely try to make my normal days the way i want them to be because we have more normal days than we do have you know holiday days or whatever so i'd always like to fit in some exercise always have the dog walk ideally first thing because i just find that that sets me up for the day and if i can do something that means that i've had chance to go into finding some insights out of some data that can really make a difference you know the projects that we do they can make a very big difference to the to the clients and their businesses So if we can find something that I know is an insight that for them is really useful, then that always makes me, you know, that makes it a good day for me. Because, you know, the ability to pull together those different forms of data is uh, is fascinating. It's like the satisfaction you get from doing a a complicated jigsaw puzzle or, you know, crossword puzzle or something like that. Yeah. I I enjoy that as well. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously sleeping well with what I've said with uh, Matthew Walker, so, you know, making sure I've had a good sleep as well, that'd be a good day.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, thanks for that uh, recommendation again. I'm uh, ready to download it as <laughs> as I come on the podcast. <Yeah. laughs> so thank you, Sue. So it's been really interesting talking to you and, and getting the other side of the story <laughs> in productivity <laughs> terms. Um, tell us more about how people can get in contact with you and find out more.
0: Our website is... Uh, rethinkproductivity.co.uk there's lots of information about what we do there I'm also on LinkedIn Sue Heddo and Rethink Productivity has got a, a slot on LinkedIn as well so they're the best ways to get in touch with us
1: lovely thanks Sue thanks for your time today
0: great thanks Joe.
1: all this information is available in the show notes if you go to powertolivemore.com forward slash in this case 174 then you'll find them there And this week, I just want to talk about 30 days of inspiration to help you to avoid burnout and fatigue. I was spending some time over the weekend looking at the free information that I have available on my website that is there, but is fairly well hidden. (laughs) And I was working out how I could make it more visible. And I did quite a bit of work in terms of turning uh, this 30 days of inspiration that I ran, I think, about a year ago and it was as a sort of broadcast email thing so people signed up and for 30 days i sent them the email with a connection to my blog and um they got the tips and strategies about avoiding burnout and fatigue i always intended turning it into an evergreen opportunity so that you could just sign up any time and get 30 days of inspiration from then but then never did anything about it and uh, had a look at it over the weekend as i said and so I've now set it up so that you can get access to that now and um, I'm just working on a resources page that will be available on the website so that all the things that I offer will appear there and uh, be available and part of that was to look at my aWeber setup and think about how to tag people based on their interests in order to share the relevant content at the relevant time so uh, it was um A bit of work, but uh, I'm really pleased that I've actually got that one sorted out and now I've got a few more to to work on as well. But anyway, if you're feeling a bit um, burnt out or worrying that you're going to be and that uh, burnout and fatigue might be an issue, then you might want to get the tips and strategies that I share in my 30 Days of Inspiration. So to do that, all you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com forward slash inspiration burnout. And that will take you to the sign-up page. Just pop your name and email in there. And then it'll ask you to uh, go to your email and confirm that you want to be on my mailing list. And you'll start getting those emails. If you're already on my email list, it won't ask you to confirm you want to be on it. It'll just tag your record and you'll start getting the emails straight away. So don't worry if you don't get that email asking you that. So again, that's powertolivemorecom forward slash inspiration burnout. Again, the show notes for this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 174. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.